The ANC is devouring itself. And not like in a cute way, like a dog that notices its tail at the edge of its vision and chases itself round, 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 round in circles. And it never quite gets its tail. And so it never actually chomps its jaws down on a part of its own body. That's kind of like, you know, what Cope did. Like when Cope was a bunch of disgruntled members of the ANC, they broke away and they were like a dog chasing their tail. They never really did any damage and now they basically don't exist. Last I checked, they might or might not be even registered. They're pretty much, oh no, I think they're definitely bankrupt. It's not like that. This time, the ANC is devouring itself like a snake, chomping down on and then starting to swallow and ingest its own tail. Now, I know that sounds extreme, but I actually looked this up and there's a kind of snake called a rat snake, which on a few occasions in history has been found literally with a long part of its own body in its own stomach, like disintegrating. Like actively, there was one rat snake that before it died, ate two thirds of itself, had two thirds of itself inside its own belly. That's what's happening to the ANC right now. Because Jacob Zuma, who I'll remind you, is still a member of the ANC. They only suspended him. Jacob Zuma, the former African National Congress president, is absolutely dismantling a key ANC voter base constituency with his new MK party. And now we have the data to prove it. And suddenly, the South African 2024 general election has gone from, ah, you know, maybe the ANC will drop below 50% to what the hell is going on. So today, we're going to look at the brand new polling and by-election results that have come out in the last seven days, which show just how much of a crisis the ANC now has on its hands due to its former leader and superpower within the Congress, Jacob Zuma. This is the issue with Jacob Zuma's revenge on the ANC. This is the issue with Dan Corder, because we all know that South Africa is a movie. Welcome to the watch party. South Africa is wild and overwhelming. And on this show, we explain, analyze, and understand the biggest news stories and issues facing this country every single week. Two episodes of The Issue come out every single week on podcast and also in video form on YouTube. And we also release weekly exclusive episodes of interviews and analysis on Patreon. Go find us there. Lastly, if you're new here and enjoy the episode, it would be so wonderful if you clicked subscribe or follow. It makes a huge difference as we develop the show going forward. Right, let's get into it. Jacob Zuma is the undertaker of South African politics. Yes, The Undertaker, like WWE, like Smackdown on a Wednesday night in the mid-2000s, like maybe your parents recorded it for you to watch on Thursday morning because it was after your bedtime because like in my case you were 12 and you needed your sleep. Uh, It was grade 6, there was a lot going on and you had a lot to deal with, but that's what we're talking about. The Undertaker. Because no matter how many times people think they have beaten Jacob Zuma, driven him away, put him in a box, put him six feet under, he keeps coming back to life. Oh my God, the dead has risen. What the hell is going on? We thought the arms deal would be the end of him. We thought the state capture inquiry would be the end of him. We thought that when he was literally deposed from leadership and power of the ANC and made to step down as president of South Africa because Ramaphosa took over the party, we thought that coup would be the end of him. We thought the slow removal of all of his allies from positions of prominence within the ANC, including most recently Esma Rashule, would kick him out and leave him done. 
We thought that his literal conviction and criminal sentence and prison time for acting in contempt of the Constitutional Court would finally be the end of him. But no. Every single time, he comes back again, seemingly from the political and public dead. He's like a rash that you just can't get rid of no matter what you try, even though you tell a court that you thought you could get rid of the rash by having a shower. But what he's done in the last few months has essentially brought him back as one of the most powerful, important, and influential South Africans. He hasn't been this much of a force since he was literally the president of the country. So before we get to these extraordinary by-election and polling results that we've seen in South Africa in the last two weeks, let's quickly talk about what brought us to this point with Jacob Zuma's brand new party competing against the ANC and others in elections in KwaZulu-Natal. Only two months ago, on the Day of Reconciliation, ironic considering what I'm about to tell you, but the 16th of December, Day of Reconciliation, 2023, last December, Jacob Zuma made an unreal announcement. He said that the African National Congress were sellouts and apartheid collaborators. That's all the current leaders, which is basically the worst thing you can say about ANC leaders. It's the worst accusations. And he said that he would always be a member of the ANC, and he said that he would die a member of the ANC, but the only way to save the ANC from itself uh, and to save South Africa from the ANC in its current form was to start a brand new political party to campaign against it, to stop the rot. And so he announced that he would be campaigning for the Umkonto Esizwe party. Now, that is a party that virtually no one had ever heard of. It had only even been registered by a next to nobody, like un- publicly unknown person, just a few months before then in early September 2023. His name is Jabolani Sibongiseni Kumalo, uh, and he registered the Umkonto Esizwe party with the Electoral Commission. And the only reason why that got into the news at all is that the ANC was affronted that anybody dared to call themselves Mkonto Wesizwe when that is obviously the famous fundamental name of the ANC's military wing in the freedom struggle. They still have the MK Veterans Association in the ANC. They still support those veterans throughout party structures. And the ANC said that they were going to take this new political formation to court to get it deregistered or at the very least to stop it from using that name, which they insisted was their trademark and their IP. But that was the only reason why this new re- newly registered party was in the news. Jabulani Kumalo also insisted that he was a member of MK, that he was a soldier. The ANC clapped back that they checked their records and they said there has never, ever, ever been anybody by that name or under that identity in Umkonto Wesizwe. So that was it. Somewhat oddly, though, the ANC then registered their own claim to the trademark Umkonto Wesizwe, but also later in September 2023. And very, very often trademarking claims can take like two years to get done. So no one's really thinking that they're going to get very far in this dispute over the trademarking of the name of Quanto but they're insisting that it's theirs. And then suddenly Jacob Zuma pitched up at an MK conference and said, I'm going to be campaigning for this party now. And part of the reason why this was so extraordinary is that there was really nothing else to know about MK besides these disputes and the fact that Zuma was not campaigning for them because they haven't set up any structures. They haven't signed uh, or poached or announced a massive team. Like it's unclear who they even really are just beyond Zuma's new political party. And now they've spun it to say, ah, but we're only going to put forward representatives after the election because we want to get the exact right people and we just want to campaign on the message of change before then. 
essentially saying that Jacob Zuma is MK, MK Party is Jacob Zuma. He's like the most famous one-man band in South Africa. He's like one of those musicians who sometimes hawks asking for money at a mall who has somehow strapped every single instrument in an orchestra onto his body and is playing it at the same time. Like he's got drums strapped to certain bits of his legs. He's got like cymbal clappers under his heels. He's got an accordion and two trumpets and a xylophone and is also singing. But doing it in this case, whatever you think of Zuma, unbelievably effectively. And it's actually kind of crazy. This is so literally Jacob Zuma's party that his face is going to be on the ballot that we vote on in the general election. Because of course, as you know, we in South Africa vote for parties, not individuals. But those parties can put any face that they want on the ballot to represent them. That's why Mangusoto Butelezi, former leader of the IFP, who has now passed on, his face is going to be on the ballot next to the IFP for this coming election. And the IFP's shtick about this is, oh, because, you know, he's the soul of the party and this is his campaign and his vision and we're honoring his legacy and that's why you must vote for us. And so what MK is doing is they're putting Zuma's face there, even though he literally would not be able to stand as a member of the National Assembly of Government of Parliament uh, because he has a criminal conviction now and a sentence for contempt of the constitutional court. And Zuma has captured a lot of attention in the just few months that he's been on the campaign trail. He's extraordinarily fit and able for somebody in his 80s who just a year ago was released on medical parole because apparently he was so ill as not to be able to handle prison. Interesting. <laughs> but he's been able to gather crowds across KZN amongst his traditional voter base, which is Zulu voters across Zululand. He also managed to get a decent crowd in Alexandria Township a few weekends ago. And a lot of his speeches have got a lot of attention. One of them being when, shame, he by mistake said vote ANC. Instead of vote MK at a rally for MK. And, you know... Kind of makes sense if you've been married to the same person for like 40 or 50 years and then you get a divorce and suddenly you're hooking up with somebody new. Maybe there's a degree to which it's not that surprising if you say your ex-marriage partner's name in bed after literally half a century together. But that did happen. He also recently said that any ANC members who try to abandon the ANC and end up in MK who tried to switch should be treated with suspicion and skepticism. Because all they want to do is bring corruption. <laughs> Which is like, this isn't just the pot calling the kettle black. This is the pot calling the kettle back at the bottom of a coal mine. This is like if there was Trapa van Vechelijk in degrees of comparison of like somebody, yeah, of like pot calling kettle black hypocrisy. I think the most extreme would be Zuma saying, watch out for these corrupt ANC officials coming over. But anyway... So after two months of noise, all that we really want to know is how much pulling power does Jacob Zuma still have over voting South Africans? And in the last seven days, yo, in the last seven days, we found out. And it's pretty crazy. Early last week, the Social Research Foundation released a poll of voting people in KwaZulu-Natal. Now they surveyed 800 people. And if you're thinking to yourself, Dan, millions of people live in KZN, that's not enough. What you need to know about that is all research teams work out how many people they need to interview to be a reliably representative sample of a much larger group of people. And just to understand how extensive this poll was, often research companies can create credible polling for the whole of South Africa just based on a couple of thousand respondents. 
So the fact that the Social Research Foundation asked 800, nearly 1,000 people in just KZN means that this should be a very compelling, likely to be accurate and reliable data set. And what they found was extraordinary. The research found that Jacob Zuma's new MK party is polling at 24% in KwaZulu Natal. 24%! That is a quarter of all voters, just short of. And the ANC was found to be polling on 25%, miles lower than any other poll before MK came into existence found. Remember, the ANC got over 50% in KwaZulu-Natal in the last general election in 2019. And even the most extreme polling was still putting them in the mid to high 30s, but most polls were putting them in the 40s nationally and in KZN before this one. But all of those polls were before Jacob Zuma re-entered politics as the face of a different voting option. If these numbers hold out, that is seismic for our politics. Not just in KZN, but for the whole country. Because KwaZulu-Natal has the second largest number of voters in South Africa after Gauteng, and only narrowly after Gauteng. The ANC got over 2 million votes in KZN in 2019. If the ANC got over 50%, let's assume, let's assume for the sake of argument that the exact same number of voters who voted in 2019 in KZN vote again in 2024. Under that assumption, the ANC, if they go from just over 50% to 25%, will go from a little over 2 million votes to just over 1 million votes. And MK, with their 24%, will also get over a million votes in just KZN. And that immediately inserts them into a national conversation where they might be able to secure seats in the National Assembly as members of parliament. And MK is going to be running in the other provinces too, not just in KwaZulu-Natal. So these are mind-blowing numbers and suggests that Jacob Zuma is able, still in his 80s, to pull voters away from the ANC and honestly decimate their support in KwaZulu-Natal. This Social Research Foundation poll also found that the IFP's support has increased since 2019. The DA has also gone up a little bit. And it's the EFF that has dropped also in KZN. So that's a big deal for the EFF too. Because the EFF's significant gains in 2019, which made their 2019 campaign a success, were in KwaZulu-Natal, where disgruntled, largely Zulu voters who were fed up with the ANC, the way that it had treated Zuma, and how they now felt about Ramaphosa because of that, they switched to the EFF. But now it seems like Jacob Zuma, back on the scene in a new political formation that is essentially him, is able to get all his old support back. Because remember, Jacob Zuma's great gift to the ANC was the fact that when he became ANC president, he wrenched millions of voters away from the Nkata Freedom Party, Zulu voters in particularly South KwaZulu-Natal, but the whole of KwaZulu-Natal. The IFP nearly had an extinction event. And the IFP's resurgence in support recently has largely been because Zuma was kicked out of the highest office, the highest seat of power, in the ANC and has continually shown his dissatisfaction towards Ramaphosa and tried to undermine him in a bunch of different moments, including taking him to court. And if you remember, we interviewed data elections expert Wayne Sussman a little while ago. He's like one of the top experts on South African voting. And when we interviewed him last November, he was talking about how much of a difference it would make uh, to the ANC's chances of getting voters in KZN if Zuma endorsed the election campaign at all. 
And if he did endorse it, when? How close to the election? Because the earlier he endorsed, and, and that meant the more he campaigned, the better the ANC could do. The later he endorsed, the less good he could do for the ANC to rally them voters. But nobody could have imagined what Zuma actually has done. And so we spoke to Wayne Sussman again last week. It's on our Patreon for subscribers. Remember, if you're a Patreon subscriber, less than 100 rand a month, you support the show and you get an expert interview every single week from very, very informed, smart people, their insights about the big issues facing South Africa. And we spoke with Wayne and he said that Social Research Foundation poll is a massive deal, the one I just spoke about, but also watch the by-elections that are about to happen, he said last week. And so we did. And this is where the Social Research Foundation immediately seems to have been proven to have got it right. Because there were by-elections across the country last week. In fact, Mkwanto Wesizwe has now competed in a few by-elections. So let's see how MK has actually done at getting people out and physically voting for them to try and get them into power in their communities. So earlier this year, Mkwanto Wesizwe made their election debut in Abakulusi, which is the Freyhate area in KZN. And they got just under 20% of the vote in that by-election. And if we compare who was getting all the votes, the election in that community before that, what became clear is that in Abakulusi, Mkonto Wesizwe took a bunch of votes off of the IFP and the EFF. So that's really interesting. MK is attracting voters from the Inkata Freedom Party and the Economic Freedom Fighters, which seems to bear out some of the data that was presented by the Social Research Foundation. But then, last week, there were half a dozen by-elections across the country. The one that matters to us is in Zululand, it's Upongolo in KZN, where MK did extremely well. They got 28% and gave an absolute skrk to the IFP and the EFF. IFP ended up winning narrowly. They got 36% to the ANC's 33. MK's 28 made them the third biggest party. The EFF got just 2%. And this was the first by-election that showed very clearly, based on the previous numbers, that MK had taken a ton of voters off of the ANC. So the MK is presenting a very serious threat to the ANC, the IFP, and the EFF across Kuzuna Natal, according to these by-elections. And suddenly, if you're living in KZN, we have no idea what's going to happen for the fight for power in that province. Because remember, before MK, the question was, could an ANC-EFF coalition make it to about 50% and hold power? Or could a DA-IFP coalition hold power? Now, the DA is growing consistently and incrementally, and largely, most people speculate that the DA is not going to lose any potential voters to Jacob Zuma's MK. The way the DA has set itself up for many years has been to be the antithesis, the arch enemy of Jacob Zuma. But the resurgent IFP taking disgruntled ANC voters was seen as the way the IFP and DA could make a big enough coalition to rule in case then. But now if MK comes along and takes a raft of voters from the EFF, a raft of voters from the, a- from the ANC and some voters from the IFP, you could be in a situation where the, the EFF is reduced to rubble in case then the ANC gets maybe 30%. Or 25, if Social Research Foundation poll gets it right. IFP gets 25 to 30, DA gets about 20. And then you don't really have a coalition opportunity. If the IFP, DA together don't get enough votes, there's no way the DA is going to work with the ANC or MK. IFP doesn't really want to either. Suddenly, there are many powerful, but not big enough for 50% parties in KZN. 
And what's wild is there are more by-elections coming in the next handful of weeks. There's a really big one happening on the 20th of February because it's where MK is going to make its debut outside of KZN. Because remember, Zuma's got appeal all over the country, and it is particularly with Zulu voters, but all over the country. And there are also Zulu voters all over the country beyond Zululand. And so MK is making its debut in Mpumalanga on the 20th of February when the ANC tries to defend its seat in Govanambeki area. And it will be fascinating to see how well MK does there because we'll get a sense of how much of a threat they are to the ANC beyond KZN. And then there are two more by-elections happening in Zululand, one in Umshwati, which is the Wartburg or Wartburg area in the Midlands. And the second one is in Umzumbe, also known as Umtwalume area in southern KZN, which is a really big deal because those have traditionally been areas where Zuma has been incredibly popular. I told you already, South KZN was Zuma's great gift to the ANC when he convinced so many hundreds of thousands of Zulu voters to switch allegiances and vote for the African National Congress. And so MK must be feeling very confident of going large and maybe, maybe even taking their first ward, their first voting district in Umzumbe. It is possible. So Zuma's campaign in one week has gone from a media interest story to one of the most groundbreaking and sacred cow shaking moves in South Africa's political history. And now we actually have very little idea what this election is going to look like, because if MK gets some momentum, which they've already started to generate, maybe it will turn into a movement that will rip many millions of voters away from the African National Congress all over the country. So you might be thinking, wow, Dan, how does a political party just come out of nowhere with so much success, even if they have such a popular, charismatic new leader? And that's where it's interesting. So in our latest Patreon exclusive, where we spoke with elections expert Wayne Sussman, he was speaking about after a recent voter registration drive that the IEC did in early February that weekend, I think it was the third and the fourth, Wayne called around to a bunch of contacts who are based in different wards, different voting districts across the country. And he was surprised to hear that MK had a presence in tons of different voting districts, encouraging people to get out and register to vote and actually being very, very well set up and developed with political activists that must have been funded from one or other funding source. MK hasn't told us anything about who's funding them. But he said that they were all over the place, not just in KZN, but in many provinces and areas in the north of South Africa. And that kind of political infrastructure, that kind of organization with activists who've been funded to go out there and get people registered to vote, to be a present in different voting stations, that can't just happen overnight. That definitely couldn't have been set up since September 2023 when MK registered with the IC, or since December when Jacob Zuma came out and announced that he was going to be campaigning for MK. This must have been cooking. This must have been in the works quietly, undercover, underground for a very long time, probably years to set all this up as Zuma kind of calculated that this would be useful for him and waited for the right moment to strike. And if MK already has that kind of organizational power, that kind of infrastructure, that kind of funding, then we really might suddenly see them shaking up communities all across South Africa, or at least in many areas far beyond KwaZulu-Natal. In South African politics, Jacob Zuma is the undertaker, and he somehow managed to turn the selection from a maybe the ANC will get 50%, maybe not, into a royal rumble where we just don't know who's going to get the knockout blow. And the ANC is panicking. 
Like they have a court date on the 19th of March where they're going to try and get the MK party deregistered. And they're also going to try and force MK to stop using the name on a trademark argument. So they're trying to use the courts to undermine Jacob Zuma's new campaign. But the thing for me is the cat's kind of out of the bag. Like unless they somehow get this new political formation deregistered, that's one thing. But if they can't do that, even if they force MK to change the name, word is out. It's in the water supply. Jacob Zuma is back and he's taking names and persuading enormous numbers of people to vote for him. So the damage is kind of done. And it is really interesting. I think for a lot of South Africans, the opposition has been so uninspiring or however you want to frame it, not charismatic enough or reliable enough or efficient enough or mired in too many messes to really convince people to vote away from them. And there has been this sense in South Africa for a long time that the ANC is only going to be really significantly challenged by ex, yeah, former members of the ANC. Like that's the only way to really destabilize the ruling party. And, you know, Julius Malema came from the ANC Youth League and in 10 years has built up an EFF that gets, you know, in the double digits, like in the teens in the voting. Uh, Cope tried and was woeful and failed despite a decent debut. I think they got a couple of percent in their decent election. But this is completely different. This is an ex-leader of the ANC, ex-president of the country, wildly popular, seen as a hero to many millions of people, literally bloodletting the ANC, ripping away one of its core voting constituencies. And this suddenly, I don't think an extinction event is coming for the African National Congress anytime soon. It's not that kind of collapse. But this suddenly means that the ANC might be in big trouble, big, big, big trouble and facing an historic, humiliating defeat in the 2024 general election. So that's the issue with Jacob Zuma's revenge and the Mkonto Wesizwe party and how they are suddenly making people sit up and take notice. Thank you so much for listening to The Issue with Dan Corder. We're back in three days' time with our regular Thursday episode of News Worth Knowing, where we look at three important news stories from South Africa from the last seven days. We explain them to make sure that everybody understands just why they matter. Go check out our Patreon, search The Issue with Dan Corder. For less than 100 Rand a month, subscribers get a weekly expert interview. The latest one is with Wayne Sussman, elections data expert for South Africa, providing some fascinating insights on how it looks like South Africa is voting with major voting trends in the first part of this election year. Thank you so much for listening. Chat in a few days. Mm-hmm.